0: Head to patreon.com slash Healthy Mama Chris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode.
1: I want to hug you and I want you to know that there's absolutely more than yo-yo dieting and restricting and binging for your relationship with food. There's so much more. And on the other side, you will see that it is, it's so peaceful here.
0: Living a healthy, balanced life as a mom can sometimes feel impossible. With tiny mouths to feed, butts to wipe, and so many things vying for our attention, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe every mom is a super mom. And you deserve to feel like one too. And you don't have to go on another diet to do it. Join me, Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor for conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life. I want to help you uncomplicate eating, improve your relationship with food, and live like the super mama I know you are. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I'm Kristen Dovniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and I have a really special bonus episode I'm so excited to share with you today. Today, I have on guest Christina. Christina's a new friend in the last year, and she was one of the very first members of my brand new course, Uncomplicated Eating. Christina has an incredible story of struggling for years, With her body and her relationship with food, and we connected about a year ago over the phone and had a really great conversation about what it meant for her to find freedom with food. And she shares her story of many and many years of restricting, which turned into overeating, struggling with her body and her weight. She has a hormonal condition that she'll go into and talk about that has also made it a little bit more difficult. For her in terms of struggling with food and struggling with her body and she talks about how she was hesitant in starting the intuitive eating process because it almost sounded too good to be true but what really happened when she embraced intuitive eating and started going through the process of uncomplicating food and really truly finding freedom with food and her body not just for herself but for her family too and she shares the impact it's had on her personally and the impact that she hopes it'll also have on her kids and her future. It was an incredible conversation. I was so, so grateful that she agreed to come on and share her story. I think you guys are going to love it. It is going to give you so much hope that no matter where you are in your journey with food, you are never too far gone, as she talks about, that you can find freedom with food just like she has. So without further ado, I am so excited to share my conversation with Christina. Hey, Christina, thanks so much for being on and being willing to share with us. Hey, thanks for inviting me. So I'm wondering if you can start by just sharing a little bit about yourself, anything you're comfortable with. You're a mom, you can talk about your kids, whatever you'd like.
1: Uh, Sure. So I am a stay at home mom of two little ones. Um, my son is the older one. He will be four soon and he has autism and I have a, uh, a little girl. She just turned one year and, um, yeah, I mean, we just moved to the Cleveland area after kind of bouncing around for a few years over in Kansas city and on the other side of, um, the state in Ohio, Northwest Ohio, Northeast Indiana. So, um, we're just kind of settling here
0: nice so you're not busy at all so you're just kind of hanging out at home (laughs) by yourself right (laughs) yeah yeah
1: yeah my kids are definitely not fighting naps my husband is definitely not downstairs working from home so it's very peaceful here I recommend it to everyone
0: So you and I connected, I think it was about a year ago that you and I first connected. And we connected on the phone and we had a really good conversation about some of the struggles that you've had with food and your body in the past. Can you just share some of those, some of those struggles that you've had, some of the things you've gone through?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, it was, it was about a year ago because it was shortly after uh, my daughter was born. Mm. Um, so I have PCOS. which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. I think you have it too. Don't you, Kristen? I do. Yeah. Okay. So I'm sure your followers uh, are, your listeners are um, familiar with it, but in case they're not, it's a hormone imbalance, which can cause you to gain a lot of weight and do so in a very quick fashion and make it very, very hard to lose. Um, So I never really grew up with a lot of positive female body images or like self-esteem in general. Um, And if you hear this, mom, I still love you. Um, But they just, they never had um, my mom and her sister. She has uh, seven sisters. She has a very large family. Um, They never had a lot of positive self-esteem or body role models. And it took me until I was in my twenties to really realize that I never saw anyone like that who felt comfortable in their body and felt happy within their body because I had always seen women telling themselves that they were dumb and that their bodies were too big and that if they just had smaller bodies everything would be okay um and when I realized I had never seen that it was just this huge eye-opening epiphany like oh my gosh I can't believe this um and i I had been told when I was growing up by several family members like, "Oh well you've you've escaped, you know, you made it further than I did being skinny, and then I got fat, but you know you maybe maybe you'll be the one that stays skinny, that somehow magically skinny equaled healthy and skinny equaled good, and I still fight that internalization, and I am turning thirty this year so. I realized in my twenties that there was a dysfunction in my relationship between my body and food and how it served me and how it didn't serve me and the foods that I, you know, should or shouldn't eat. And then when I had kids I thought, oh my gosh, I don't want I don't want them to repeat this cycle. I don't want to continue to I don't want them to think that there are good foods and bad foods. I want them to be healthy and I want them to be strong and whatever size their body is healthy and strong at, I want them to be comfortable in that size of their body. And I don't ever want them to feel like if they have a bigger body that somehow they failed. And I, I mean you can never protect your kids from, from everything, but I feel like that's one thing that I need to stop uh passing on to generations is this this body image issues and food related issues. So um, I gosh um, I remember when I was like 15 or 16 I started on birth control and with my particular version of Pcos, um, estrogen and my body are just not friends. And so I started taking hormonal birth control and I was sick. For months and months and months. and Like probably a solid year and a half. And I dropped weight. And at the time I didn't think anything about it. I just knew that if I ate I didn't feel good. And if I didn't eat I didn't feel good. And I remember fitting into a size six. When I had been like an eight before. And being praised. Like oh you're a six now. By my friends. And it was like a a point of pride. And When I got to be older and I started to watch myself rapidly gain weight and not understand why, I really felt like I was losing something. Like I was failing at something that I didn't know I was competing in. So um, after my son was born, I went through a lot of body changes when I was pregnant, obviously. Um, And after my son was born, I found intuitive eating. I thought there's no way that it can be this easy, that my body just knows what to do, that that sounded completely foreign to me, that obviously I would eat all the things that I had been telling myself for years were not good. And, you know, specifically like carbs and sugar and how with PCOS, there's a lot of like sugar imbalances. And, um, you basically, you hear a lot that like carbs are the enemy. You shouldn't have carbs, and obviously, the more I restricted, the more I binged, and I would eat at night by myself because I was lonely, and then the next day I would feel terrible about it, and it was just a, an awful, awful cycle. And I thought, can my body really do what it's supposed to do? I mean, can I trust my body to not gain even more weight? Because that's, you know, the epitome of loss. That's the that's the ultimate like wrong thing to do is to gain more weight. Um, so I read up on it and you and I had your, our call and I thought, okay, if I can trust my body to do everything else for me, I can, I can try this. And you know, the worst that can happen is it doesn't work out and I try another diet, but I'm so thankful that I found this because I haven't had to feel the guilt and the shame around food anymore. Now I'm not completely guilt free and I don't, I don't necessarily know that I would, how do I put this? I still catch myself thinking, Oh, I should probably eat a salad or I should probably do this. Um, But I know that it's okay to say, well, I mean, do I want that? Will that make my body feel good? Or am I saying that because I think I should do it? And then I kind of stop and reassess. The thoughts are still there. It's just much easier to say, but I know that's not going to serve me. So what do I really want to eat here? What do I really want to choose right now? And sometimes I eat the ice cream for dinner and sometimes I don't and it's all just about managing what I know will serve me in the long run and what I'm comfortable with at the moment and not feeling like, oh, well, I ate one bad meal. I'm obviously never going to be healthy for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's all about that choice, right? It It's so yes. powerful to learn that you have a choice and that we don't need to feel guilt and shame over eating choices and totally normal that you still have some of those thoughts come up because I still have thoughts every once in a while that come up and sometimes those thoughts are intuition where it's like oh maybe I should eat a salad because it's been like three weeks if you like salad and that's something that feels good for you but that's where you ask that question is this a should or is this what my body is craving right now and having that choice Rather than feeling like, you know, there are all these rules, especially with PCOS. I know I'm, I was very similar in the beginning when I was diagnosed with PCOS. The first, you know, um, my midwife that I worked with who works as like my gynecologist and um, the naturopath I was working with, they were both like, all right, well, you just got to, you know, cut the carbs and make sure you maintain your weight and you'll be fine. And it's very easy to get caught up in these food rules and not actually listen to your body through it so how did you see that change start to happen was there a shift that you noticed or something that you did that kind of helped to shift your mindset
1: i think i mean i went through the course and i went through it pretty quickly i like kind of binged it and i was like okay i'm gonna move forward with this and then you know all of these things started happening we had um some family issues, my husband got sick, like obviously what's going on right now. Um, it all kind of stepped onto the back burner for a minute, but it was always kind of there in the background and having it there to be able to go back and think, okay, what's really happening right now? Like I'm eating emotionally. Is it because I'm trying to suppress a feeling or because I'm hungry and I'm eating out of boredom or I'm not eating or I'm eating out of boredom because I'm not hungry or like what's really happening here. And just being able to go back and re-listen to things and think, oh, okay, yes, this is what I should be looking into. This is the things that I should be figuring out. Um, Kind of steering me in the right direction to think, okay, what's, what's really going on here. And it wasn't really a big shift necessarily. It was really little, small changes. Like my husband and I had been kicking around the idea of doing keto for a while. And I had done it several times unsuccessfully because, you know, restriction doesn't work. And, um, he said to me one night, he was like, well, do you want to have pasta? Aren't you doing keto? And I was like, no, I'm kind of just feeling whatever feels good. And he was like, what does that mean? And, <laughs> and I said, well, I'm just kind of eating whatever I want and seeing how it feels in my body. He was like, but that's, doesn't sound like a diet at all. I was like, it's not. And he was like, oh, okay. And he just kind of quietly let it go. <laughs> <laughs> but, but since then he, I mean, I, I've just, kind of been making more mindful changes and really sitting with food and trying to understand how it makes me feel instead of just, well, obviously this pizza is bad for me, but I'm going to have as much as I possibly can tonight. And then tomorrow I'll start brand new and fresh. Just being able to be okay. And make these changes and think, okay, well, I don't actually want this salad right now or I do want this salad right now instead of this pizza and that's okay and not feeling like I'm missing out and that I should have it right now because it might go away or something. I I can have the salad. The pizza will still be there.
0: Yeah. Uh, One of the first modules of uncomplicated eating is making food an ally, not an enemy. And I think yes. that's such a, a powerful mindset shifter. It was for me, and that's why I named it that. That the fact that food can really be an ally to living our healthiest lives, to really feeling our best, but we don't have to restrict ourselves in order to do that. We simply have to learn how to actually tune in to what our body wants, which can sound so nebulous. But once you start applying it, it's exactly like you said. It can be as simple as tuning into do I really want the pizza now or do I want the salad? And either answer is totally okay. But going back to that choice thing, right, means we don't have to eat all of the pizza now because we're starting new tomorrow. We can eat it now or we could not eat it now. We could eat it tomorrow or we could not eat it tomorrow. And it is really powerful to start to notice how our body feels when we eat these foods. And that starts to guide our choices rather than those shoulds and those rules.
1: Yeah. I mean, even the, like the fear of missing out, like I'm, I really want this thing. So I'm going to eat a whole ton of it instead of stopping when I'm comfortable because I shouldn't be eating it at all. Like maybe if I just eat it really quick, I really fast, I won't notice that I'm eating it. It's like, no, I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with having my pizza and there's nothing wrong with it. And I'm perfectly comfortable with having a smoothie for lunch tomorrow and just Releasing all of this guilt and shame around food has been so incredibly freeing.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love, I love hearing you talk about those shifts. It really does bring more joy into eating, right? When you can actually allow yourself to enjoy the food rather than feeling guilty when you do enjoy the food I know I felt like that for a long time where it's like oh I like this so it must be bad for me (laughs) and when you can actually have that satisfaction factor and actually enjoy all of the foods you're eating and of course there's always times where we just eat the thing because we're starving and we're like eh, that was okay but more often than not actually being able to enjoy the experience of eating and allowing food to be more than just this is what I have to eat to be this certain size.
1: Yes. Yeah. The restriction is like one of my biggest, not regret because I needed to learn it, but one of the things that I want to go back to like 20 year old me and just hug her Mm -hmm. because this, this whole cycle of, if I just restrict, if I could just be strong enough or disciplined enough, or, you know, I'm, I'm so weak because I just can't give this thing up. Oh, I hate it. I, I hate thinking about Going through it, and I, I certainly don't want my kids to go through it. So, I'm really just so thankful that I found intuitive eating, and that I found you, and that this is this has been a complete game changer.
0: Oh, I'm so thankful for you and your sake, and and your kids' sake too. I know I always say that I am. I am way more grateful for my kids than anything with this whole process because I I do think that we, as an example, are the most powerful thing that we can do to help our kids and their own body images or, you know, issues with food or hopefully lack thereof just by healing our own relationship with food and being that, you know, that person that they can look up to and they can say, you know, mommy eats all types of foods and mommy eats the foods that feel good for her body and just by watching not even not even by talking and uh, my daughter is six now and we definitely have the conversation now about you know how does that feel in your body but more often than not they're just they're watching us and they really do watch everything we do so I I'm so thankful for you and you know being being alongside me and being a part of this with me and being willing to take that step and take that plunge into the scary world of intuitive eating and no longer restricting and, and really finding that freedom.
1: I can only say I wish I would have found it way sooner.
0: <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> So you were one of the first ever members of Uncomplicated Eating. So I'm wondering if you have a favorite part or a favorite lesson learned within the program.
1: I would say that the, um, the addressing of emotional eating was my mm. favorite because I felt like it spoke to me really deeply. Um, late night snacks have been forever in my life. And when I got older and my son would go to bed and my husband would go to bed because he had to be up at work really early, I would eat all the things. And then I would feel horrible about it. And I would be so full and gross feeling. And I just thought, why am I doing this? Like, why? Why is this this isn't helping with anything or I would turn on the TV and I'll just eat and eat and eat and be like, Oh gosh, I just ate an entire bag of Cheetos. Um, so being able to understand the, the emotional eating that, you know, it, it can be linked with a great emotion like cupcakes at birthday parties, or it can soothe you when you need it. But being able to say, okay, I can emotional eat emotionally, eat. But I also have to address the feeling underneath this and kind of soothe myself there and fix whatever that is and move on.
0: Yes. Yeah. I love talking about the concept that, you know, it's that we are emotional beings and it's normal to eat emotionally. Like you said, the cupcake at get a birthday party and eating emotionally can be a really positive thing, but it becomes a negative thing when we are trying to allow food to fix our feelings. But once we allow ourselves to really feel those feelings, then we don't need food as much because we are, we're able to feel them, we're able to work through them. And then food can be a positive way to comfort or soothe and or you know as a form of enjoyment but it's not our only thing so yeah I love that that spoke to you that is one of my favorite parts and I think because it was a huge struggle for me for a long time too and it's something that I've done a lot of personal research in and I have a lot of clients that come to me too um, feeling so bad and so guilty and so shameful for you eating emotionally and being able to reassure them and being able to put this in the course and say, it's okay if you've done this. It's actually, it's a positive thing that you have eaten emotionally because eating emotionally was your way of taking care of yourself when you didn't know another way or you were afraid to feel your feelings. Now's the chance to feel them and start to fix them outside of food, but it's okay and we can really really work through this.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So how are you feeling about food and your body now? Is there anything you're working through now, anything you want to chat about where you're like, okay, this, this is going well, and this, this is not going so well. This is hard.
1: Um. So I think for me right now, I think the hardest part is – um how to phrase this. So it's a little bit of comparison to other people, which I kind of deal with outside of food, but specifically around like meals. So, um, it's myself, and my husband, our two kids, and then my brother-in-law and sister-in-law live with us as well. So we eat, I mean, we have like big meals, we feed everybody, obviously. And then we try to have a little bit extra for people to take to lunch for lunch the next day at work and all that kinds of stuff. So we're not always the best of having like not processed foods. So I'm trying to come up with more, uh, more real food, I guess is the best way to phrase it. um, While still accommodating everybody's dietary and taste preferences Mm -hmm. while still finding an avenue for myself. So that's kind of a struggle for me right now. Um, The whole real food thing is is just hard for me in general. I think because I'm so afraid that, like, I'm going to try a new recipe and I'm going to hate it and then I'm going to be stuck with it. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Or I'm going to try some great new seasoning and it's going to be terrible and everybody's going to hate it. Um, so kind of walking that very windy path is probably the biggest struggle right now.
0: Yeah. Oh, that can be that can be really hard for sure. So I definitely want to, um, you know, you know want to give you that com- some compassion there because yeah, especially when you have a lot of different mouths to feed and a lot of different food preferences. I know that I talk to a lot of moms who have several children and you know at varying ages and they ha- all have different preferences. And then you know adults who have food preferences that they've had for a number of years almost makes it even harder. So yeah, I can I can feel for you with that. I think, you know, one of the pieces of advice I give to a lot of the women that I work with is just is not putting too much pressure on yourself, which it sounds like you're doing a pretty good job of. You're trying to incorporate, you know, more of those nutrient-dense foods that, you know, will hopefully feel good in your body. But, you know, you have to include them in order to find out if they feel good, right? Um, But, you know, still trying to accommodate everyone. So, I mean, first and foremost, giving yourself grace, so much grace in that sometimes (laughs) it's just going to be, you know, box mac and cheese or whatever it is that is going to make everyone happy. And that's okay. And that's the beauty of intuitive eating is there's no guilt. There's no shame. We're just doing this. (laughs) But also, you know, just choosing one meal a week where it's like, this is our adventure meal. So you have one meal a week where you're trying something new and you can start with, you know, maybe ingredients that aren't, way too wild or out there something that feels a little bit more comfortable a little bit you know more similar to something that you've had before and then you can eventually branch out a little bit more so you're not buying a whole bunch of new and random ingredients that you might not ever use again (laughs) like I love making pad thai but we make it like once a year and I always have tamarind paste that just takes up space in my fridge and every time I look at it I'm like I'm literally not going to use this for anything but pad thai (laughs) so the pad thai is good but I would almost rather just go to the Thai restaurant around the corner and eat the pad thai (laughs) but I think that if that sounds helpful I, I love having the one adventure meal a week where we're trying something new we're using maybe some new flavor profiles maybe some new ingredients a new vegetable and then kind of, you know, seeing how the rest of the family feels about it. And, you know, i it can be hard with not wanting to waste the food or being, you know, stuck with the food, but the the mindset that I like to keep especially when kids Will like take one bite and then not eat their food at all, which is still so frustrating for me. But I try to give my I was kids just grace say, too. Is that not the most frustrating thing ever. <laughs> so frustrating. My two year old has just learned how to say ew, so everything oh, is no. ew, ew. Oh. And I'm like, no, don't start this now. <laughs> but the thing that I try and remind myself is that the food would have been used either way. Whether or not we all ate it or we didn't eat it. And of course, if you don't eat the food, then obviously you have to replace it with other food. But that's why, you know, starting small and starting with something that's similar to what you're eating now. It could even be something as simple as, you know, making your typical, you know, spaghetti and meatballs and adding in some spiralized zucchini along with the spaghetti so you're getting in more greens that way but it's similar it's nothing too crazy you're not going like complete zoodles or something like that not that you would ever have to we we mix in our house just because the kids like it that way and they get some greens in there Um, another thing that we love to do is when we are making something like meatballs I don't know if you guys are meat eaters but we make something like meatballs or mini meatloaves and we will put shredded vegetables in them And as long as your kiddos aren't like, ew, (laughs) then that can be a great way to like get in some more vegetables and then using little things like I'll use um, almond flour and I don't make a ton of almond flour baked goods. Um, They're delicious, but it's really expensive. So I'll keep a little bit on hand to use instead of breadcrumbs. So then I know that I'm getting a boost of nutrients in my meatballs or on like chicken tenders for the kids or in yeah those meatballs or meatloaf. Things like that. And then I know that I'm getting those almonds, those healthy fats, those nutrients in there, but I'm also not, you know, baking an entire cake with $14 worth of almond flour. So I don't know if any of those tips are helpful to, you know, maybe start to include some more of those foods, but also accommodate. Yeah,
1: that sounds great. Um, I'm actually thinking maybe having the rest of the family pick one of the meals and I pick one of the adventure meals or just kind of rotating it so that they're all on board. That that sounds great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, getting the whole family involved is really powerful too. I know once I started getting my 6-year-old involved in our foods too, it was it surprised me sometimes the things that she chose and the things she wanted to try. Like, she asked asked me one day if we could try out a new type of macaroni and cheese. And I was like, like a not the Annie's box macaroni and cheese, because that's normally what they eat. <laughs> My husband and I will do like date nights at home and we'll feed them mac and cheese and we'll get takeout after they go to bed. It's one of our favorite, like, inexpensive date nights. And now that we can't actually really leave our house, that's a good option, yeah. too. <laughs> so and she's like, yeah, I want to I want to try something new. Can we can we do a mac and cheese with your cashew cream? And that's something that I'll make sometimes, like a cashew cream sauce instead of a cheese sauce. We also eat cheese sauce in our house, but it's just a way to mix it up. And I was like, sure. I was a little, I wasn't sure how she would like it. And everyone in the family ate it up. They loved it. They devoured it. We added broccoli in there. And so that was something that I wouldn't have even necessarily considered giving to my kids because i would be, i was too afraid that i would waste, you know, 8 dollars worth of cashews on them. <laughs> yes. Not that it's a waste, but that they would take one bite but they loved it. So it's it's kind of fun especially when you get your kids or, you know, even other adults involved, they're much more likely to try it i think if they've chosen it. Even if they don't end up liking it, at least they'll try it and give it their best shot.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that's that's kind of what i'm trying to figure out how to do is How do I sneakily incorporate more vegetables into my son's meals? Because um, he doesn't always, he eats a certain amount of foods and he eats those same foods over and over and over. And luckily he will eat some vegetables. But if I can pack any more nutrients into his food that he doesn't realize, I'm totally going to do it. And if I can get the whole family on board on trying new things, then, I mean, there's absolutely no way I'm not going to do that.
0: Yeah. Well, try shredded vegetables. Just using a grater or if you have a food processor, you can use the food processor too. But shredded zucchini, shredded carrot, shredded sweet potato, it's a really great way to get in just a little bit with the kids. I don't love like hiding vegetables necessarily. I like the kids knowing that there's vegetables in there. But for the kids who don't eat any vegetables at all, we want to make sure that they're healthy and getting in some nutrients. So there's definitely ways to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope that I hope that gave you a little bit of a little bit of help with that and a couple ideas. So just to kind of wrap up, I'm wondering if you have anything to share with the woman listening who might be thinking about embarking on her intuitive eating journey and signing up for uncomplicated eating, but not sure if it's going to help, not sure if she's too far gone in, you know, dieting and restricting. Do you have any advice or encouragement for her?
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah. um, uh, First of all, I just want to hug her um, and say that there's no such thing as too far gone. Um, No matter what kind of struggles you've had around food or dieting or um, acceptance of of you and you around food and your body and everything, there's there's no such thing as too far gone. Um, if you are even mildly interested in the idea of releasing yourself from diets and shame and guilt and restriction, then I totally urge you to try the course. It is, it is so great. It is so... I I hesitate to use the words life changing because it sounds melodramatic, but it, I mean, it really, really is. Um, I don't, I can't think of a single person that this would not help. Um, It's been so helpful to me. It's been so helpful to my attitude around food, around my kids, around my husband, around everyone. And when my family talks about food and, they talk about things that they should or shouldn't eat. I just want to hug them and give them this course, and I'm not saying that I haven't already. But <laughs> some of them, some of them, this will not be the first time that they've heard about this course. Um, if if you if you are listening, and no matter how you came across this podcast, I I just. I want to hug you and I want you to know that there's absolutely more than yo-yo dieting and restricting and binging for your relationship with food. There's so much more. And on the other side, you will see that it is, it's so peaceful here. And I want that peace for everyone.
0: Oh my gosh, Christina. Thank you so, so (laughs) much. I'm over here like trying to keep it together. (laughs)
1: I know. I know. I am too. I just, oh, I keep seeing that woman and I just want to hug her, you
0: know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so, so much for your your kind words, but your honesty and sharing your story with us and sharing this like incredible transformation that you've gone through. And I know you're speaking about the course that I wrote, but you know I've had the same you know, life-changing experience with finding freedom with food, and that's why I'm so passionate about sharing this with, with other women just like you. So thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you so much, and I can't wait to see how your journey with food just continues to evolve over time, and we're obviously going to stay in touch. So I can't wait to, to see how, how you continue to grow.
1: Yes, absolutely. And thank you. Thank you for all your help with this and writing this amazing course. I just, I'm so happy that we connected.
0: Oh my gosh, friends. I had chills re-listening to that episode, even though it just happened a few minutes ago. Christina is so incredible. Her story is so incredible. And if her story encourages you in any way, that you too can find freedom with food no matter how long you've struggled with food, no matter how you've struggled with food, whether it's been on again, off again, dieting, restriction, emotional eating, binge eating, I am here to help you through that. I would love to have you come and be a part of our uncomplicated eating community to enroll in the course. It's an eight module course. It's a self-paced course, which means you can go about it in your own time. You can listen to the audio lessons, If you like this podcast, you will love the audio lesson format and there's also actionable workbooks to go along with the audio lessons so you can really truly take action on the steps that are going to help you create that transformation in your life and find freedom with food and freedom with your body and learn how to nourish yourself in a way that feels really good and feels easy and less stressful because ultimately what I want for you is exactly what we talked about talked about today, to feel less stressed. About food, less anxious, less overwhelmed, less like you have to go on and off and on and off diets constantly for the rest of your life. There is a different way. You can find health, happiness, and wholeness outside of plans and diets. And that is why I created uncomplicated eating. And I think if Christina is just one example of a woman who can benefit from uncomplicated eating, hopefully that resonates with you. So head to uncomplicatedeating.com to join us in Uncomplicated Eating. Registration is open now. From now through April 6th, I'm also offering the option of group coaching for free along with your membership. So this is just available right at the very beginning as I'm releasing this to the world. I'm going to be offering weekly group coaching calls so I can help guide you through this course with any struggles or questions that you have that might come up throughout the course and also sharing in your successes being a community we're going through a really hard time in our world right now with COVID-19 and I think now more than ever we need the support of each other we need to be there for each other with whatever we're going through whether it is struggling with food or in any area of our life so I want this to be a space a forum for you to share a safe space where you feel like you can be heard and I can help you through this. Okay, friends, thank you again so much for listening. As always, if you found this helpful or if you think someone else could benefit from this episode, could you please take a screenshot, share it over on social media in your Instagram stories or on your Facebook feed, tag me at Healthy Mama Chris so I can see it and I can give you a big heart and a virtual hug and say thank you so much for sharing this episode. And if you are loving this podcast, if you could head over to iTunes, leave me a five-star review. Let me know what you're loving about the podcast. I would be so, so grateful. Have a beautiful day, friends, and I can't wait to see you in Uncomplicated Eating.